Hey, well, good morning again to you guys at uh, Waken and to you guys looking at online. I'm Paul Burton here, and I'm, I'm just continuing to share God's word with you. Uh, this week we're looking again at Galatians chapter two, verse twenty. Uh, it'll be about our third time around this verse. We're struggling to move on, but there's a there's one phrase in here that we uh, want to look at more closely. You've already had some Bible readings from Galatians two twenty, uh, Colossians one. And even John 17, and, and it's all about Christ in me. Christ in me. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And if you're a believer in him today, in you. We're going to look into this. What is this about this Christ who lives in me? We have entitled this message, Christ who lives in me. Jesus who lives in me. So are you ready to go? Ready to go. Um, last week we talked about the cross, you know, that I, I'm resolved to know nothing but the cross of Jesus. Why? Why? Why am I resolved to know nothing but the cross of, Je- cross of Jesus? Why? Because I want Christ to be alive in me. And the cross is the way that Christ lives in me and in you. Before we go, I'll tell you a story I heard last week. And this story has to do with our freedom because, you know, we have this freedom. We're just free people in Christ. We have freedom and it doesn't really matter what anyone else does. We have our freedom. And so there was this guy, this is old days, and, and he bought a ticket on a boat. And this boat was crowded. He got a ticket on a boat. It was a big open boat and he was going to sail or go on this boat to get somewhere. So he gets on the boat and, and he's got a space that's his space, his seat, his area. They said, you got your ticket. This is your seat. This is your place. Let's go. They're out in the sea and they're sailing along and this guy's on the boat. And, and of course, he's free. He can do what he wants with his plates. It's his spot. He paid for it. It's his. So he takes out, a, out of his bag a drill. Just one of those old-fashioned ones that you can work by hand. And he, he puts it down on the bottom of the boat and he starts to drill. He goes, what are you doing? Oh, I'm drilling a hole. He said, no, you can't do that. Yes, I can. This is my spot. I paid for it. I'm free to do with my patch of this boat whatever I want to do. It has nothing to do with you. This is just my business, not yours. So he goes on drilling the hole. Get it? Hey, <laughs> Everything has something to do with somebody else. But here we are today, freedom. It's not about freedom today, it's about in Christ. In Christ, and in Christ is our freedom. So maybe it is about freedom. The truth is, I can't be faithful to God. The truth is, I cannot live a Christian life. The truth is, I cannot be the person God purposed, created, and planned for me to be. My heart is deceitful. I cannot know it. It doesn't always tell me the truth. And I cannot be good. Between you and you and I, we can be good, but I cannot be always good all the time. I have heart failure in my, not in my physical heart, I'm quite healthy, but in my moral heart, my spiritual heart, my willful heart, my who am I as a person heart, I have heart failure. My heart is not what God purposed and created it to be. It has failed. It is distorted. 
It twists things. It gets things wrong. It mishears things. It just can't do it. As Jesus said when his disciples of the garden, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. So without the spirit, all I'm left with is my weak flesh. All I have is my weak flesh, and I have heart failure. Now, my mother had heart failure. She went to be with Jesus a little while ago, but for a period of time before that, her heart failure became more and more obvious, real heart failure. And so just walking down to the letterbox would exhaust her. Why are so many of us living exhausted, overcome, overwhelmed, stressed out, weary lives? We have heart failure. When we are trying to live any form of life from our own resources, we can't do it. We get down to the letterbox and then we're exhausted. So we can do a little bit, but then we're exhausted and we fail over and over again. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is not coming to teach us how to live a better life. It's not coming to teach you how to live your best life. It is coming to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Not not you know, what some of us can and some of us can't, what no one can do for themselves. Every man, woman and child born on this earth is born with a failed, spiritual, moral, willful heart. And every one of us needs a new heart. We need a heart transplant. We need to receive something new into our very being and then to allow that new heart to become the heart that you know, gives us the rhythm of life, that leads our life, that, that gives us what we need to live a new life. And, and the gospel message is Jesus has come to replace our hearts with his heart. I'm speaking metaphorically when I'm talking about my physical body, but I am speaking about reality when I'm talking about our soul, our spirit, our will, our emotions, our thoughts, our mindsets. He has come to give us a new heart that will lead to a new mind, a new will, a new whole manner of being a person, that we'll find we can do things that before we couldn't do. A heart transplant, a new heart. That Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who lives. It's no longer I who's trying to be a good Christian. It's no longer I who's trying to make my way in life, trying to survive, trying to cope, trying to find a way to stay alive, trying to do it all, trying to get my dreams, trying to achieve my passions, trying, 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 trying. No, no, no. Sometimes successful, sometimes not. Sometimes quite successful, sometimes not. No, not. That's finished. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. But Christ who lives in me. What does it look like? What does this mean for you, for Christ to be alive in you? How did he come alive in you? Is he alive in you? How do you live from the, his life in you, out through who you are as a person? It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. These are the, these are the words of Scripture. In Colossians it said, this mystery of the gospel, this mystery is Christ in you. Christ in me our hope of glory. If we were to read on down into chapter 2 and get to around, I think it's verse 8 or 9, it says, in Christ is the fullness of God. And 
peace in us. The fullness of God is in the person who believes in Jesus. This is extraordinary. Christ in me. Christ in me. Jesus prayed in John 17. Oh, I'm praying, Father, that they would know you. I pray that, that your love would be in them and that I would be in them. He's praying right now that he would be in you. And you would be living your life as a, as a man, as a woman, as a husband, as a mother, as a parent, as a wife, as a business person, as a worker, as an employee, an employer, as a retired person. In every way, you'd be living your life out of Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in me. What a treasure. I, I don't get it. This is, this is a struggle. We're not going to understand this because of our study. But Father, I pray for each of us that there would be a pursuit in our spirit, a hunger in our spirit. Some are going to say, God, I want to live this life of Christ in me. I want to live in this life of Christ in me. I want to live the Christ life. Father, make it real to me. Open my eyes to it. Come and do your amazing powerful, miraculous work in my heart that I am aware of and learning to live without of this Christ life that is in me and it's in you. We're after miracles in our hearts every morning when we come here to church, every day when we get up and look at the Bible and scripture and read it, we say, God, work your miracle in my heart. Write your truth in me, the truth that Christ is in me. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And this life I live in this body that you see looking at you from a screen, I live by faith in the Christ who loved me and gave himself up for me. And so can you. And it's the only way a Christian lives. That is the Christian life. There is no other form of Christian life. There's other forms of um, things that people have called the Christian life, but they're fake. They're counterfeits. They're not the real thing. So let's talk about this Jesus for a few moments who lives in you. And the first thing we find about this Christ who lives in us is that his life was given to him. It was received. He, he, he was born of Mary. God came by the Holy Spirit and created in Mary the, the, the Christ life. Took the egg, brought the the um, fertilizing, brought about the a baby, a fetus, a baby, a new life in the womb of Mary. It was a received life. It was a given life. It was created from the Father. It was the Father's will. It was the Father's purpose. It was the Father's plan. It was the Father's work. It was all the Father. Mary received. Jesus' life was that was received from the Father. And, and we've got to make a big point of this. It doesn't have to take a long time, but I've got to make a bigger point that every iota of my Christian life is received from the Father in heaven. He comes and he births it in me. We love John 3, where it says, you must be born again, most translators, most versions translated. I prefer to say it like this. I, I, just for me, it's helpful. It's that you must be born from above. You've been born once from earth by your parents, but now you must be born from above by your heavenly Father. Something needs to come alive in you, on earth, in your flesh, from me in heaven. And it's the Christ life. 
You receive it. It's the work of the Father. The Holy Spirit comes from the Father and births something in us as we believe in Jesus. This is amazing, isn't it? This is a miracle. This is a mystery. It's a received life. It's from the Father. It's from the Father from beginning, and it's from the Father all the way to the end. The next thing we see about this, this Christ life that's in us is that Jesus lived his life. It, all of it, from the beginning right through to the cross, right through to the cross, all of his life, he lived faithful to his Father above, living out of a trust relationship with his Father in heaven, a fellowship. We find him continually looking for those moments to get aside with his Father, to go and pray to his Father. He's not going to do a work of prayer to try and get something, achieve something. He's going to spend time in the presence of God alone, in fellowship. He's going to hear about what the Father's got to say. And he said things like, I can't do anything. If it's not what my father's doing, I can't say a word if it's not what my father is speaking. And we want to begin to learn that this Christ life in me is a life of continual trust in God, continual fellowship in God. It is God began it and God sustains it. It is not designed to live independent of God. It's designed to live in a dependent, absolute dependent fellowship with our Father in heaven. And the Holy Spirit has come to enable this to be true. So the Christ life in me stays alive because of its continual fellowship with our Father in heaven. It's continual flow of life. It's like a trust and obey, trust and obey. It's breathing. It's like I need oxygen every moment of every day. I swam underwater a few times back in uh, intermediate school. I think days one of our uh, things that you regularly did in the school pool was to see who could swim underwater the longest and and get the furthest. And yeah, I was one of those. I could swim the full length. I think about probably a. 25 meter pool underwater in those days and and so I could hold my breath for a long time but I had to come up at some time and I couldn't stay down there forever and neither can you we have we are dependent on the breath that comes from God to stay alive in our spirits and our heart our hearts have failed we need the heart of Jesus which has the ability to stay faithful to the father he did it he did it in the flesh he's the only man who's done it and so he lived his life in the flesh faithful to the Father, all the way to the end, even to the cross. He didn't shrink back from trusting the Father in the hardest of times, in the difficult times. We saw, we saw his anxiety over it, or, or his, his groan over it. Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, he prayed in the garden. But not my will, but yours be done. I'm going to trust you, Father. I'm going to keep breathing of you. One, one of the ways we could translate the um, verse life is breath. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who breathe, but Christ who breathes in me. Christ who breathes in me. I no longer. And he says, I died to the law so I can begin to breathe God himself. I'm not trying to breathe words off pages. I'm trying to breathe from out of the throne of God, out of the presence of God. I read the scripture to breathe God into my soul, into my heart, to renew me, to shape me, to cause me to be the man of God that he's purposed me to be. It's like breathing. 
You know, that Christ's life is absolute dependence on God. Jesus did it in the flesh. Now I live my life in the flesh, looking to him, by faith in him, who did it in the flesh, to do it in me, Christ in me, my hope of glory, my hope of breathing God every moment of every day. Third thing we find about this Christ's life in me, it's a crucified life. And this is it, isn't it? We're, we're there again. I'm resolved to do nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a crucified life. Without exception, Jesus lived all his life as a man born of Mary, who was descended from David, so he was a son of David, born in Bethlehem. This Jesus who grew up in Nazareth, so he's called Jesus of Nazareth from Galilee, all according to scripture, this Jesus lived all his life on earth as a gift from the Father, faithful to the Father, and trusting the Father under the shadow of the cross. Not my will, but his will. See, see, we've got to get this. The Christ in us will lead us to daily take up our cross, to daily trust our Father. It is not my responsibility to make this life work. It's the Father's responsibility to work this life in me. He began it. He will work it. He will bring it to completion. My responsibility is to stay in fellowship, to stay trusting, to stay connected. Obedience is not a work, it's worship. Obedience. Jesus humbled himself and obeyed the Father, even under death. Obedience is our action, our work of staying faithful to God, of trusting him, every one of us is always obeying what we believe in our heart. You may not be conscious of that may belief, but it's there. What you truly believe, what you really believe in your heart is what you're obeying. God is saying, love me with all your heart. And it will be evidenced. It will be evidenced in obedience. So obedience is our evidence of what we love in our hearts. See, the rich young ruler didn't get this. This is where he missed. He didn't want to go to the cross. He came to Jesus in Matthew 19. You read this. He came to Jesus and he says, what must I do to have eternal life? Tell me about how can I have eternal life? And Jesus said, you know, the commandments. And he said some of them, but he didn't say all of them. And he missed out the first one. He said, love your father. Do this. Do that. Be nice to people. He didn't say that either, but effectively. And Richard, look, I've done all of these since I was young. Look at me. I'm doing okay. That's a deceitful heart. And Jesus said to them, go sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And he says the man turned and walked away because he was very rich. So he was missing the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall trust nothing, trust no one before you trust me. And he trusted his resources, his wealth. He wasn't willing to entrust his well-being on earth to God. He's going to keep a hold of management of that, his management of it. 
He wasn't willing to go to the cross. He wasn't willing to go to the cross. But the crucified life, the Christ in me, will daily lead me to take up my cross and trust God. Will daily lead me to be like the seed that is sown down into the ground and dying so it can become what it's purpose to become, destined to become, what it, so the potential in it can be released. But it's got to go and die. When you, when you see a great and beautiful and grand tree, isn't it a great thing? You see an amazing tree. Uh, you know, just sometimes you want to look at it and say, wow, that's a nice tree. And let's see. That tree, sorry, not see. That tree has come from a seed. And that seed has died under the ground, in the, like in the grave. And out of that place, under the ground, like in a grave, it has died. But out of it has come this tree. This is the gospel. Christ in us will lead us to be like seeds who die so that what's in us he can bring out. Not only is everything in that tree come from that seed, it is still over that seed. It is still resting on that seed. The basis of all its life is still the cross. The seed in the ground dying, taking up our cross and following Jesus. I don't know what it means for you today, but the Holy Spirit does. And he will continually be leading us to the cross life. Why? Because this is the Christ in me life. Jesus did not shrink back from the cross. There was no exception in his life. There was no moment where he accepted himself from trusting the Father fully with every aspect of his life on earth, even to a cross. Therefore, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. The only way to be exalted is to take the cross because that's the fourth part of the Christ life in us. It's a resurrected life. It's an ascended life. It's risen from the dead. It's ascended into heaven. It's seated at the Father's right hand. And there's no resurrection without a cross. See, God does this. He resurrected Jesus. He went down in the grave and he had to fully trust that the Father would raise him up, that what the Father had said would be so. He, he didn't take anything into his own hands. He fully trusted the Father to work out his resurrection. And so do we. We would trust the Father to work out his hopes and plans and dreams for us. All our growth, all our fruitfulness, all our kingdom work and experience, it's the Father's responsibility. All our well-being on this world, if we have entrusted our life to God, is the Father's responsibility. Our responsibility is just to trust him and to be obedient to him in Jesus' name. So he had this ascended life. He's seated with God in heaven, and so are we in Christ. This Christ in me is seated with the Father in heaven, is seated in all authority, is seated in an eternal life now. Man, I need God to continue to open my eyes to that, to continue to see that, oh man, I need that. I need that to realize. I right now have no barriers, no lines, no gap between my life here with Christ in me and eternity and our Father in heaven and all power and authority. There's no gap. I live on earth as one who has everything. 
in the Christ who lives in me. The Christ who lives in me. And so can you. So can you. You know, this, this is about faith in Christ. This is about hope in Christ. But I'm not, I'm not hoping in my commitment. I'm not hoping that I can be committed to God. I have no faith in myself. No faith in myself to be faithful. But I'm going to trust God in me to help me to be faithful to God. Trust the Holy Spirit's work in me to help me to live the committed life to God. Get up every day and start again. God, I renew my trust in you today. I receive again this new life you've given me. I don't know if I lost it or not, but I'm just going to receive it again. And God, help me today to trust you with it. And I'm going to finish right now, and I'm going to finish just by taking us to Philippians. And I'm bringing it up here, Philippians chapter 3. We're just going to read verses 12 to 14. Because I think, where do we go with this? What do we do? Well, we sit with the scripture and we, we ask God, humble my heart and help me to live in this place of repentance that is not about me and, and let the truth that's in the scripture, the truth that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, come alive in me. The truth in Colossians 1, 26, was it 26, 27, 28, the mystery of this gospel is Christ in me, my hope of glory. Uh, I had no excuse to have a hope deficit because Christ in me is my hope, not me and me. Jesus' prayer, that I may be in them, that he might be in me, that he might be in you. The one who lived on earth faithful to the Father, who rose from the dead, Who's seated with the Father now, alive in me. And we say, Holy Spirit, bring this truth to life in me in a way that it, it, it just, you know, like fills every part of me. What about the truth that this life is fully dependent on an ongoing relationship with the Father, like breathing? I can't live without Him. He sustains it, He brings it to pass. At no point do I take responsibility. I trust him every moment of the way. Listen to these words on Philippians 3, 12 to 14. These words from a guy called Saul who became Paul. A mature, experienced, highly successful minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says. After many, many years of walking with Jesus. He says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect or complete, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus has made me his own. Do you hear that? I press on to make it my own. To make what my own? The Christ in me. The risen, crucified life. The resurrected life, the Christ in me life, the faithfulness of Christ to the Father life. I press on to make it my own because Jesus made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. So no, I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm on the way. But one thing I do, oh, there it is again. One thing I do, 
forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. Would you join me in making that your prayer? One thing we do, one thing we do, we just want to be everything that God has called us to be. We want to let the Christ in us life become our new life in Christ. Father, I pray for each person listening to my voice, each person who, who can hear you, Holy Spirit, that we would be people who, hear, who, who just begin to desire this Christ's life like we never have before. This fellowship with the Father in Jesus Christ, Christ in us. Lord, we won't be stuck on, on the mystery, but we'll be living in the reality that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In this life I live in my body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That the mystery is Christ is in me. He's alive in me. He's given me a new heart that can breathe in rhythm with God. It's amazing. This is my hope and glory. And that Jesus' prayer has been answered in me. That the love of God would be in me. That Christ would be in me. Amen. Let it be so in Jesus' name.